Hi, Shannon Waller here on the Team Success Podcast. Today, what I want to talk about are really some of the biggest mistakes you can make when hiring. What's really fun is my book, Multiplication by Subtraction, is just coming out now. And part of the reason why I want to focus on this today is this is how you can avoid the problem of having to subtract someone from your organization by not making the mistake of hiring the wrong person in the first place. So I've gone through a list with our team of some of the biggest mistakes that we've made that we know other people have made when hiring. And this is just to set you straight. I'm recording this at the beginning of the year. And for me, it's kind of important that as you look at the next year and growing your organization, that you grow well with the right people. So this is really to help kind of get you on the right path. All right, so let's just jump in and get started. We've got quite a few to talk about here. Number one mistake that I see that people make is really assuming that what someone has on their resume actually describes everything about them. Now, I'm not going to say that people necessarily fudge or lie on their resume, but I've certainly heard that that's true. I know that people tend to exaggerate. I also know that there's a lot that's not there. So just really appreciating that the resume is written to get them in the door and into a conversation with you, and that's it. Really, I want you to know that there's so much more to learn about that person. I know that too many times I've taken the resume at face value and is proven to be incorrect or overstated or just even not really representative of what that person really wanted to do. It certainly was accurate with regard to their past, but it didn't actually represent what that person was interested in or passionate about. And that's really another key thing of, that I wanted to know. And people don't tend to put that in their resumes, at least not first off, most of the ones I've seen. So make sure that you don't make that assumption that their resume says everything that's important to know about them. Number two is not doing a reference or a background check. One of the stories in multiplication by subtraction was of someone who hired someone who looked like he had all the right experience, great resume, just a successful person in their field. And if they'd done a more thorough background check, they would have realized he had far too many jobs in far too short a period of time to actually be the kind of person that they wanted to keep. And sure enough, they had to get rid of him relatively quickly before he caused harm to their client base. And this is someone that was pretty high profile that they really wanted to have work. So it was a big deal, but it was a tough decision to make. And they realized they probably could have prevented the whole problem in the first place if they simply done more in terms of a background check and a reference check. So really going in depth with that. One of the things that I really appreciate from Dr. Brad Smart's book, which is called Top Grading, and he talks about hiring an A player is how thoroughly he recommends people do reference checks. And he actually asked people when applying for a role to submit names and phone numbers of people that they think would be a good reference for them. And then it's actually a fairly lengthy conversation. So it's one of those things where it's like, do I have your full permission to ask as many questions as I want and to have a robust conversation with this person? The interviewee says yes, and they go from there. And it's amazing kind of what you find out. Oftentimes, we're cautioned in reference checks to just give the bare minimum. Yes, this person worked here. Yes, this is how much they made. Yes, this is their responsibilities. And that's kind of it. But there's so much more that you can learn if you dig and if you have permission to do that. So make sure that you make sure the person doesn't have a record. (laughs) If that's important in your industry, make sure that the person is the kind of person that you want to hire and that they are who they say that they are. That, again, can be handled by a little bit of time on the phone. And by the way, Doing background checks is not something you have to do. You can outsource this. There are companies who do it for a living. So this is not something you need to go and get skilled at. This is something you can hire, and it's well worth it. Saving yourself one bad hire more than pays for the fee of making sure that you have the right person. 
Number three, and this is probably my number one issue with multiplication by subtraction or the cause of multiplication by subtraction, is really making sure that people are aligned with your values. Again, this is why you want to have a fairly in-depth interview. This is why you want to have an in-depth reference check conversation because a lot of times people are not. And I've told this story before, but I hired not one, not two, but three people, three, whose goal in life was to work for a nonprofit organization. Well, Strategic Coach is not a nonprofit organization. We work with entrepreneurs and we're very much for profit, yours and ours. And it's amazing to me that I missed it like three times. How could I possibly do that? But I kind of, again, took things at face value. I assumed that they knew what the job was about. And I'm also good at selling. <laughs> so I convinced them that this would be a great place for them. And then sure enough, you know, after whatever period of time, sometimes it was months, once it was over a year, they come with their resignation letter saying, I'm going to go on off and do what I really want to do. It's like, oh, well, I wish I'd thought about that, asking you that sooner. Now, some people won't be upfront with you. But if you dig and if you create some trust and some safety in the conversation and really figure it out, then you can figure out whether or not their values are aligned with you. What's important to them? What do they want? And this comes actually to the next one too, which is really not having a good gauge of someone's ambitions. Like what do they want? One of the better hires I didn't make was someone whose goal in life was to become a nurse. Well, you can't do that in our business. It's not part of what we offer. And I didn't want to be a way stop. I didn't want to be a stop on the way to that particular role. So it's like, you know what, maybe you should just go and do that. Maybe you should go work in a medical environment. That would be a better fit for you. Just really being clear in terms of what someone wants. So ask them. We have this great question we ask clients, but it works really, really well for team members too. And we call it the R factor question. The R stands for relationship. And the question is, if we're meeting here three years from today, looking back over those three years, what has to have happened for you to be really, really happy with your progress? And if you want, you can add personally and professionally. But that whole thing of having people put themselves into the future and look back at what has made them happy with their progress is very, very powerful. And what people get to is what is most important to them and what their ambitions are. And you'll find out whether or not someone wants a leadership role, whether or not they want your job, whether or not they want to grow, because some people don't. And if you're an intensely growth-oriented organization, that person will not be a right fit for you. And I do think it's important, by the way, that you find out whether or not someone actually wants your job, <laughs> because you had better want to fill your position so you can go on to something bigger and better, or there's going to be a competition there. That can be very strategic hire or not, depending on what your goals are. So really make sure you know what someone's ambitions are. Point number five is not using profiles to get into the deeper factors of what motivates someone, how people strive, how they problem solve. And how that's going to impact, for example, your team synergy and your teamwork. Again, I've talked about this before, but profiles that I really find useful are Colby with regard to hiring. And if you're going to use it, please use the Colby Right Fit system. Colby Right Fit system is fantastic. So that one's really great because it helps you measure not only who the person is, but what you are wanting in that role. And sometimes we're moving pretty fast, so we don't always sit down and think it through. But the Colby system helps you figure that out. But also, it really helps you identify how someone actually does problem solve rather than what's on their resume and how they've done it before. I find that really, really important, partly because of my own experience. So I had, before I joined Strategic Coach, three years and eight months of experience in another company doing a lot of administrative work. I was well paid for it. I was really well regarded. 
I was successful at it, and I could have easily sold myself into another job to do that. It would have been the worst mistake someone made <laughs> to hire me. But I had the experience, and I had the selling ability, which was my true strength. Again, I'd been successful. So it looked like I was someone who could, should, would be doing that role. No, not really. And now that I know through Colby and a bunch of other things I've done, that A, I know that's not what I wanted to do. I was very clear on that. But second of all, it isn't where my mental energy goes. It's not the kind of work I want to be doing. I found it exhausting. And I found it tiring. I was good. I'm smart. But it was hard work. So the Colby profile in particular really helps you direct people to where they just have a lot of mental energy for certain types of activities. It says how they'll do it. It doesn't say what they'll do or how well they'll do it. That really depends on their motivation and their intelligence. However, it does make sure that you don't put people in the wrong roles, which I think is really, really important. After you hire someone, StrengthsFinder is brilliant to help people really develop into some of their strengths and their talents. DISC is another great profile that measures their pace. Are they fast-paced or even-paced? Are they reserved or outgoing? Are they more task or people-focused? There are other tools there that can really help you ascertain whether or not you have the right person in that role. That's really important, too, because it affects your team. And hiring the wrong person or someone who doesn't fit with your culture, with the personality, with the spirit with which you do business, again, doesn't work. And that will end up being a poor hire. That brings me to point number six, which is another mistake that people make all the time, and we've in fact been guilty of this, is not including people who've actually done the job in the hiring process. And they know, because they've done it. They know the skill set. They know the attitude. They know the mindset. They know the personality required. They know the intelligence level that's needed. And often they can save you hiring the wrong person. They'll be like, this person looks good on paper, but no, they will not be successful in that role. Or they may actually help you go, I know that person doesn't look good on paper, but in fact, they've got all of the right requirements to be really successful. So involving people who've done it, who are even currently doing that role, and including them in that thought process is really, really important. I want to add a special question. So this is kind of like 6A here or 6B. So here's another sub point to this one. This could be 6B, for example. And it's a question that I picked up, and I don't know to whom to give credit for this one. But the question you want to ask, especially if you do a kind of team hiring or you're having other people involved in the role who are going to be working with this person as part of the interview process, ask them the question after your candidate has left the room. Ask them the question, would you be willing to share a hotel room with this person if you're on a business trip? And it's kind of amazing by <laughs> people's instinctual answer to that. Sometimes it'll be yes, quite often it will be no. And again, this has people get out of their heads and kind of much more into their gut, into their body with an answer because you don't want to share a hotel room with someone you don't trust. So that little trust question, is someone you'd be willing to share a hotel room with, is a powerful way to do that. So you might want to add that to your arsenal of questions that you want to ask. And then the last mistake that I want to talk about is really not having people demonstrate their talents in your interviewing process. One of the things that's written in most advertisements and most job descriptions is excellent communication skills. Well, everyone says they have excellent communication skills, but what do you really mean by that? 
Does that mean they need to be able to hold a great conversation on the phone? Do they need to be able to write a great letter or a great email? If you're hiring a developer, what's the quality of the code that they're writing? That makes a huge difference. You want to have people actually demonstrate that. So have them send you an email. You want to actually have them do it when they're in your office, by the way, so that people aren't getting help from someone else in their environment. So have them send you something. I've been in a number of interviews where one of our key people who does hiring, which is Tammy, and she will have people, especially if she's hiring a salesperson, she'll have people do a mock sales call with her right there. And it's kind of interesting. They are completely on the spot. Their feet are being held at the fire. And it's really important that they produce. But that's exactly the situation that they're going to be in when they're on the phone in our company selling because you don't know who's going to answer the phone. You don't know if they're going to answer the phone. And you don't know if they do pick up the phone, what they're going to say. So this is really interesting to see people's ability to actually demonstrate. People can say they can do lots of things, but you don't know what the previous environment was like. You don't know how much structure they had. You don't know what kind of coaching or training they had. And it really doesn't matter. What matters is how can they do it for you? Putting them to the test in that moment makes a ton of sense. So again, whatever you're having people do, find some little mini example of that kind of work and have them demonstrate it right there. I think it makes so much sense. I love when people say interview people in your office, but then also interview them at a cafe or in a restaurant. See how they treat the service staff. See how they treat other people. You can really want to get as many ways of experiencing that person real life, not just on paper, not just an interview situation that's too scripted. You want to see people a little bit, not off guard, but do you know what I mean? Where they really just have to come up with the goods without a lot of preparation. So that's, again, really powerful way of making sure that you're actually getting what you want, as opposed to just what's on their resume or their CV. So I hope that this list of mistakes is something that you're nodding your head to and go, yep, I've done that, or no, I thanks, I know not to do that anymore. I hope this list resonates with you. I really, well, what I'm so passionate about is that people construct great teams of great people, people who are engaged, enthusiastic, and are honest and contributing and engaged and just really motivated and skilled and intelligent to do the work that you're doing out in the world. So I'm very keen on people making sure that they're hiring the right folks and that people who are being interviewed also take this into account too. If you're someone who's looking for a new role, you want to make sure that the people hiring you aren't making these mistakes either. Offer to demonstrate your talents, offer your skills. This can be something that can be used both ways. So as always, here's to your team's success. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let me know at questions at strategiccoach.com. We'll talk to you soon on the next Team Success Podcast. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Oh,